What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter and all other platforms that matter at Colby Complaints. All one word. Salutations, friends. It's me, Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Hello, everyone. I'm Aaron. Still hasn't changed in 10-ish months. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Has your name ever not been Aaron? No, but I don't know. Just wanted to clarify. And we have a guest. Introduce Indeed, yourself. indeed. Hello, loyal Never Made Varsity listeners. My name is Bright McConnell. I'm filling in for the illustrious David Rivera today. Um, you can find me on Twitter at BrightonMCC1 for my professional account. And if you want to follow my shenanigans account, that's just BrightonUp50 on the Twit. You got it. You got a burner account too. <laughs> it's it's less burner and more of uh, more of where I actually make funny posts and um, you know post stuff that isn't that isn't grown up content, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Brighton, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what kind of stuff you're into? Who you root for? How we are all friends? All that kind of good stuff. Sure, sure. So, I am a, I'm a rising senior at Carolina. I am. Um, into a whole bunch of things that, that cross over with you guys, so that means I've, I've been listening to the podcast um, intermittently since the beginning, and um, I'm uh, in band with you guys too, which certainly helps those, helps those connections. I am on the drum line, uh, play snare in marching band season, which is a great, great time. Uh, in terms of, I'm, well, I'm into a lot of things. In terms of sports, I'm into the Carolina Panthers football, Atlanta Braves baseball, Tottenham Hotspurs soccer, and... Uh, and Charlotte Hornets basketball occasionally. Keep pounding. Yeah, keep Snaps pounding. Snaps to the Spurs. I am a very loyal fake fan of the Spurs. <laughs> I'm I'm a very loyal loyal fan to the to the Hot Spurs. I've been there since Gareth Bale, so mm. and Clint Dempsey. So it's been it's mm-hmm. been a minute. And um yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan, uh, clearly. I'm big into journalism as well just in general. I read a lot of news and uh, big into movies. Big into movies as well. You're also actually a professional broadcaster. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far to say professional yet, but that's certainly what I aspire to be. Absolutely. <laughs> you getting money though? <laughs> that is true. I am. I I am getting. I am getting paid to broadcast. Um, I'm working with a local Chapel Hill station. You can listen to my local news stories on 97.9 The Hill. There's my There's my station plug for you. Very good, very good. Well, since we last spoke, so last week we had to jump back onto the microphones because LeBron decided the worst possible time to announce that he was going to L.A. And then a day later, (laughs) (laughs) Boogie decided um, that he wanted to go to Golden State. So let's talk about that. Uh, Boogie Cousins signed a one-year, $5 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. It's actually off, like, the tax... Right off the taxpayer exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to cost the franchise what about twenty million? So they're paying twenty million to have him this year, basically. Yeah. In uh, terms, thoughts? in it, terms it, of a deal it, for Boogie, it makes so much sense. I mean, it, it's a team that you don't have to rush into getting back onto the court, and I mean, not, not only do you have like a near 
near guaranteed shot to win the championship. But I mean, it, it's a it should be a good fit. It should be. A, I think it could be a good fit since he'll be end up being their primary center when he comes back. Whenever that Do you may think- be. I'm skeptical about it being a good fit because I feel like Golden State does like to go fast. And when the ball goes to Boogie, it slows down the offense. So I, the way I saw it is the Warriors went to Bogart him from going to any other team in the West. That's how <laughs> I saw it. Well, the crazy uh, thing was yeah, they were saying that he hadn't gotten really any deals I mean, the Pelicans had offered him something during the season, but it it seemed like there wasn't anybody offering him at the moment. I guess they were waiting for the market to dry up because of his injury and to capitalize on that. But ultimately, I think that was the undoing of several NBA teams that had the cap space to make that deal. My problem is I hate how much it kind of is a fit for him, though, whereas he, he can fully recover, make sure that he's 100% because they do not need him. Uh, but I do understand your concern, Cole, because, again, he's going to be inserted into the rotation later on in the season, so they're going to have to basically redo all of their chemistry on the court. It'll be the exact problem that Cavs had this past season. Basically. Mm, I don't know about the exact problem. Similar problem, where it's... you're going to have to insert a very important new piece late in the season, and with Boogie, one that caught that brings a lot of baggage alongside him. The Cavs got a new team halfway through the year. They weren't inserting one person into the lineup. Fair. I mean, somewhat similar, but like, it's also remains to be seen how like Boogie's like off the court things and his like personal things will trans like translate onto the court because he has <laughs> been very vocal and he's had several beefs with Draymond and KD at different points and stuff. And he's a very passionate person he lets that show on the court so I'm curious to see how it will mesh with the other guys like Draymond like if because I know Draymond will tell just about anybody uh, how he feels even his own teammates so will Boogie be receptive to that or will he push back on it? and that could potentially cause chemistry issues Boogie Cousins was an inside job <laughs> it's all a deep NBA plot to get LeBron back to the finals oh <laughs> yeah a plant to a plant to disrupt the locker room and 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 cause distractions. Heady play, heady <laughs> play from LeBron's camp. Needless to say, I think this broke Twitter. Probably broke the NBA if it wasn't already broken, and it's got everybody saying that why even have a season at this point? I mean, you're you got to have a season because money and people still like basketball, but it does just it, it's just an absurd move. It was just one of those things where people just hated it, I think. If you, unless I mean, you're a Warriors that, We said that last year, and we still had a really fun season. Like, aside from the finals, last season was one of the most fun NBA seasons in recent memory. So I think the season will be fine. It, the playoffs and the finals might be a little dry, especially east of the Mississippi. But, you know, I think the season will be fine. It is worth noting that... Um, that the Warriors lost two of their centers in free agency. They lost JaVale McGee before they even signed Boogie, but Zaza Pachilia signed a one-year deal with the Pistons today. So that leaves them, I mean, they had a, they had a surplus of centers 
on their roster as, as it is, especially for a team that prefers to play small with, with Draymond at the five. So they didn't need that many as it was. But, you know, now you're down to pretty much Kavon Looney, Jordan Bell, and Boogie being being your three centers. So, And with Boogie not expected to be back until, like, at, at least December, it, you know, it could be a thin position. Although it's again, it's they're they're ridiculously stacked. It's not a position that they really need a whole lot of depth for. Even then, like I don't even think they really need, it. and that's what helps Boogie is that he doesn't have to be rushed to come back because last season they were last in almost every statistical category when it comes to the five spot, uh, and so they haven't really had to rely on that position to be dominant. So I think you could still start a Kevon Looney, or uh, I know Jonas Drebko is another name that's starting to come up. Was he a is he a four though? More than he's a five. more of a four, yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, they can still play small. They play small, real small in quotes anyway. So even he could possibly be inserted into that rotation. And we just don't know that Boogie's gonna come back to be Boogie. I mean, he's coming off literally the worst possible injury for any professional athlete. And Achilles is rough, man. Yeah. It's one that's a long recovery, and he's there's. It's far from a guarantee that he's going to be the same player when he comes back. So, while I do agree that the Warriors are unbelievably stacked, there's still a whole season of basketball to play. Yeah, anything yeah. can happen. No doubt about that, and that's why I mean that's why I still maintain it's a it's a good fit for Boogie because there are very little expectations of him when he does come back when he plays for these guys. I mean when he he'll be. Most likely in playoff contention without him really having to do all that much. And then, you know, he's at this point, he's pretty much playing for a contract next year. That's really what he's going to be coming back and, and focusing on. So, you know, if, even, even, if he, even if he shows that he's, he's come back, not necessarily at 100%, but come back enough to where teams want to take a chance and, and actually offer him something. Uh, in the next off season, that's that's a win in his book. As, as you said, Colby, basketball fit, eh, it'll be interesting to to see how that goes. But I think in terms of like a team fit, I I I think it'll work out. It'll be interesting indeed. So, Aaron, you linked us to this uh, a clip of this podcast about some comments about LeBron in his last year in Cleveland. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I saw this on Reddit the other day or yesterday maybe. It was uh, basically the three main beat writers who covered the Cavs the past four years, Dave McMenamin, Joe Varden, and Jason Lloyd. They did a podcast uh, about basically all the inside information that they had that they didn't or couldn't release over the past four years about the Cavs. And there is a lot in the just the short clip from the whole podcast. The notes in the post summarize it very well, if you guys want to talk about any of them in specific. Do you have any of your like highlights for yourself while I'm pulling this up? Um, one that I thought was very interesting was um, I need to find which one it was uh, the, the, uh, one that annoys me is the flat earth drama really bothered Kyrie and then he didn't like that he was receiving attention about that 
instead of about more serious topics like LeBron receives. And I think that's, he shouldn't have said that the earth was yeah. flat. That's, exactly. That's their own fault. He's, he's <laughs> digging his own grave with something like that. Like, when you say stuff like that, you're asking for trouble. I did get a lot of that from some of these points where it seems like Kyrie just has, a, like, a lot of... Personal issues. Personal issues with just all these different things. And I didn't really understand that. It's not really a side that I have really seen in Kyrie. But slowly, I mean, I feel like I've seen more in things, like, lately where, like, in interviews, like, I saw an interview, uh, I think, on somewhere on social media, probably on Twitter, where they had asked Kyrie a question. I think that was actually a thing on here. It was not even directed at him. It was directed about, like, LeBron's shot and something like that. And he just gave this look. Yeah. And it's not like they were saying it to overshadow him. They were just saying, like, we know he's been working on it. Did you see anything in practice? Like, just as a legitimate question, wanting to know about it. I did like to know that LeBron bashed the whiteboard. He didn't just hit it once. Yeah, several bits. That is a terrifying image to imagine. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> I don't... Mm-mm, mm-mm. And the stuff also, going back to Kyrie, is that he, they said he didn't even speak to the teammates between the between, and so Yeah, like, that... It seems like he's just really self-centered. That was the one that stood out to me the most. Without a doubt. Like, how on earth... I I understand maybe not getting along or not being on the same page with your teammates off the court, but how on earth are you going to not even speak to them during practices leading up to a postseason series? Like, that's that's wild to me. Like, I understand if, like, one of these situations, like, when you might go, like, a small period of time and don't speak, but you kind of rally and get back together, but it seems just like with a lot of these seems just kind of very negative on Kyrie's part. Like, I hate to bash him without really getting a bigger picture, but from a lot of this, it seems like the writers are definitely exposing that about him. I think it's interesting that LeBron and Kevin Love's relationship was rocky the first year um, because he came to camp out of shape. And if you look at Kevin Love in Minnesota and Kevin Love now, he is a different person as far as... um, his conditioning. So in a way, it does like make sense. He looks so LeBron, good now. He looks so good. Whereas before, shape. he was like a sort of a beefy four. <laughs> yeah. And now LeBron is protecting Kevin Love at all costs, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Another red flag uh, for me ended up being more about the Cavs organization as a whole, which is that um, Dan Gilbert wanted Trey Young during the NBA draft. That came up in this podcast, according to the Post. And dear God, like, have, he has not had a great start in the summer league with the Hawks. And I am way higher on Colin Sexton than I am on Trey Young. I, I think it's safe Aaron, to say what, that my team already won that trade. <laughs> and yeah. Luca hasn't stepped on the court yet. But he's already a champion too. Yeah, he's. Yeah. <laughs> I I think so. I, personally think that a lot of teams that weren't considering Luka at lap one or, or the the Suns and Kings might really regret not having him. I know that he's kind of redundant compared to the players that they that they have on their roster, but man, he's I think he's going to be really, really good in the NBA for a very long time. 
I think we can probably start looking into that because summer league going on right now. And I mean, DeAndre Ayton though is someone that looks like they're doing very well to start out the summer league. He looks huge. Seven he one, it's like two seventy or something like that. Like, he, but he looks like it's not like he's out of shape. He, it's all muscle. Like he's definitely a he's very so versatile big. big. <laughs> His first made basket was a oop on us on Friday night. It was just nasty. I just, I really can't get over how huge he is. <laughs> he's a big dude. I really. And I mean the the fact that he's like the fact that he's a fairly um, mobile big guy that he spent so I mean he spent his entire season at Arizona mostly playing the four spot instead of the five, and he had to go and guard some guys out on the perimeter. That's that is so valuable to the NBA right now to have a seven footer that can actually really move his feet on defense and then maybe maybe scooch out and cover guys outside. That is very valuable. If he decides to play defense in the NBA. That is an important <laughs> caveat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin Knox is really good. Yeah. I think he's one of the standouts right now. And I think a lot of Knicks fans are biting their tongue like they did with Kristaps Porzingis, where he's actually really showing out in some of the games. His, and again, another his first basket was a huge dunk that really electrified the crowd like, he might end up. He's it's what he's your prototypical versatile wing in this NBA. So, I mean, I feel like he's already got like the foundational tools to be a good wing for the team. So, I think he's going to be able to produce. He certainly seems NBA ready. I mean, he's he, yeah, he just has the he has the physicality for it. It looks like, as you said, the the wingspan, the length. I'm uh, I was really surprised when the Knicks fans were disappointed that. That they uh, they didn't draft Michael Porter and took Knox instead. I just there's so many questions with Porter and his health that I I would never I would never take him at that spot as it was. But I think even if Porter were healthy, well, I mean we don't know what he would look like, but we know Kevin Knox is a, is already has some a really really um, impressive skill set, and I would be considering him at that spot anyway, even if Porter were available during the draft. He looks good. Uh, Jaron Jackson for Memphis. Holy smokes, what a first game. Absolutely. Well, he had like 29 points in that first summer league game. He was Couldn't miss. Yeah. Wendell Carter was also really good yesterday for the Bulls against my Cavs. He had 16 points, 9 rebounds, and he had 5 blocks, which is just a very impressive defensive showing, uh, along with 2 steals. He's someone who, if he was there, I really wanted the Cavs to look at taking. I really don't hate Duke, these Duke players at all. Like, I I want them to, they seem like well, good kids. Wendell seems like a very nice person. I like Wendell Carter, and I like Marvin Bagley. I obviously hate Grayson, and I don't like Gary Trent, nor do I like Trevon Duval. Yeah, there's... Grayson's already been called for a chipping yeah. foul. <laughs> got, he got in a yeah. tussle with uh, Trey Young. A little hubbub, a little hullabaloo. <laughs> but I think they were saying that Trey Young was probably the perfect person to do that to because Trey Young is not going to punch Grayson for doing that. But he squared up though. Let him try, let him try <laughs> that against the Patrick Beverly or someone like that. I'd love to see that matchup. I want to see him try it against like Kendrick Perkins. 
But again, going back to like the Duke thing, like I've learned that over my four years going to Carolina, like there's very few of the one and dones that I just don't like. It's the it's the long term, the four year, three four year guys that you end up not liking just because you see him close. Because Grayson is number one, public enemy number one. I mean, not to be totally, but I didn't. Some of the few one and dones I had, I don't like Tyus Jones. I don't like Justice Winslow, and that's probably about it. The rest I don't really care about. Well, that's because Justice Winslow can't keep his feet to himself. Yeah. They don't know how to play right. Also, Tyus Jones actually looks like the Duke Blue Devil. Yeah, Tyus Jones. Oh, gosh. Um, Theo had a great game yesterday. Theo did. Nice step. He was, what, 16 points, 3 of 5 from 3? Wow. I know I gawked yeah. when I saw that stat. I mean, I always said... Steals a couple blocks, five rebounds. And that's all he needs. I think that's all he needs. And he just needs to show that on his two-way contract for Brooklyn. I think he'll get a chance. If he plays like that, he's going to have a very good chance to get a... Especially if he can make those threes. I've always said the first time he shoots a three shows what he's going to do for the rest of the game because he's either lights out or he might as well be shooting with his eyes closed. That's pretty accurate. I know, That's pretty accurate. I know it was true a couple years ago, but um, it might have changed the past couple years that when he hit his first three of the game, he shot 40% from three, and when he missed his first, um, he shot like 10% from three. Yeah. Well, he's a very, very hot and cold shooter. He's just cold a lot more than he's hot. Another guy that had a really good game yesterday, Ante Zizic had a very, very good game for the Cavs. He had 25 points, 11 boards uh, in 25 minutes, shooting 78% from the field. And I don't really think that he translates to today's NBA game because he's a big center who can't play defense. But he'll still be fun to watch during our rebuild. And don't forget about... uh, Yeah, yeah, freaking cork mask. Cork mask, right. Oh, yeah. I'm glad dropping. you got that because I said this kid. Yeah, yeah. Freaking <laughs> Cork Sixers dropping forty on those fools. My goodness. I watched that game. That was fun. And that's exactly what Philadelphia needs. It's someone that's going to be able to stretch mm-hmm. the four and then give it right back to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Well, they need a they need like a six nine six ten guy that can actually shoot. Since they yeah. they're going to have Simmons playing the point and he can't. Yeah, he's been over. He's, I think he's he, like he's been one game. He's already earned. I think his contract probably <laughs> two way. Yeah, he's been stashed overseas for like two, three years at this point. I mean, they've they've had his they've had his draft rights for a while, I think. And um, it would be it'd be nice. I'm, I'm sure Sixers fans would would love to see him over, especially after especially after that showing. And then Dallas is still waiting on Luka Doncic. Uh, we have to get his uh, buyout from Real Madrid. That has went through, but we also have to get his letter of release from FIBA. Uh, he, there was a hope that he was going to play tonight, but they, we haven't heard anything about the letter, so probably won't play tonight. I hope to see him play. I know a lot of Dallas fans are anxious to watch him finally play. 
I don't think that there's any reason to rush playing there, him in the summer isn't, league. And that's why they're really not stressing it, because the kid has played, like they said, somewhere around 190 games in the last two years, and he's like only two weeks removed from winning the EuroLeague championship. Like, he can rest a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He, need, he needs a break. He needs around. a vacation. Yeah, he's been <laughs> shooting around with the team, no live practices, and he's been on the bench for uh, the games, and I can already see that like he's just a very like team centric player. He's high fiving everybody, being very enthusiastic on the bench. Uh, same thing with Jalen Brunson. He struggled shooting in our first game, but I still think that we got a steal in Jalen Brunson, who's going to be one of our backup guards now. Uh, again, that just winning mentality from Villanova. I think that's going to help out our front our backcourt a lot this season. He's really good. I was surprised to see him sort of fall that far. I was expecting an early second round early second round pick on him. Uh, Cuban and Coach Carlisle said that they had him like in the low twenties. So mm-hmm. they were ecstatic when he dropped all the way to them at thirty three. And he immediately got a contract. Like we didn't he was I mean this is what, the third pick of the second round. Uh, but they immediately gave him a guaranteed contract because they were that excited to get him. So we'll see we play the Bucks tonight in fifteen minutes. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I wonder if having an extra year on his legs. Uh, sorry, uh, I wonder if having an extra year on Brunson's legs made a difference to teams because uh, there was a lot of buzz after um, after the previous season whether he would go pro or not. And him coming back to Villanova obviously paid off with him winning the championship. But um, I think he was on a lot of teams' draft boards the year prior to that. So I wonder if because he passed on that opportunity then had just a long season because Villanova won the title. I wonder if that made him slip a little bit. Just teams looking at the wear and tear on his body. Definitely hurt it because I think he would have went higher had he went last year. And it it also showed, like, when we played the Suns, we practically played like their starting five minus Devin Booker. So, and I think that's why he struggled because he was immediately playing against, like, NBA-level guards who's had a year in the league. So it'll take a little bit of a learning curve for him growing into like the NBA game but I still think it's going to translate just fine for him. his defense he, he was excellent on defense he got all of his coverages he was quick to get back on switches uh, and that's going to be so important for us because our defense is average at best I almost forgot uh, Justin Jackson had a pretty good game yes J-Jack has been on fire all of these summer league games he had 26 one game. Uh, I think he also had 28 in another game. Uh, he went on fire. Yeah, he, he made it into the starting rotation last year. Um, so he does have that NBA experience, but he's been playing well. I'm excited to see what he does in real basketball this year. All I know is I played 2K in my, my league mode, and then Justin Jackson was starter on, like, the Houston Rockets in, like, year five, and he had, like, 85 overall, so maybe they know something wow. we don't. <laughs> I'd love that to happen. Jeez. If only the G League development was as easy in real life as it was in 2K. Yes. Because you send a guy down to the G League in 2K, and he gains, like, 20 overall, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. No, I sent Bryce down. For... I sent Bryce down, and he's, like, 85 on my team. Hmm. I think it's time for some baseball. Yes. <laughs> what? Hello? 
Sorry, my my internet keeps cutting out, so I I lose parts of like every conversation, and I just have to pretend I hear what we're hearing. Baseball. Okay. Um, I don't have as much statistics this week. It was a quick preparation, but I also have someone else who can talk with me in Brighton. Most of the preparation you do is during the show. Well, yeah, that's true. But I had some preparation this week, so I didn't need to do it during the show. Anyways, so this week, Carlos Carrasco returned to the hill for the Indians on Friday against the A's. I don't think we won because we can never beat Oakland. I'm pretty sure that we lost all three of these games against them this week. But don't quote me on that. I just know that we suck against the A's. That was one of my talking points. My second talking point is that Trevor Bauer needs to be an all-star. He does have a 7-6 and six record, but wins and losses don't really mean as much anymore in baseball as they used to in people's comparisons of pitchers. His ERA has been really good, and he's only giving up, I believe, .29 homers per nine innings. So he does a really good job of not losing pitches and not hanging things where they shouldn't be thrown. Um, and also, trade talks for Manny Machado have really been heating up. The Indians are involved in trade talks, but right now the two biggest have been the Dodgers and I believe the Cubs. And maybe, I saw the Phillies have been involved as well as the Diamondbacks, if I remember correctly. Ooh, Arizona. That's kind of a, that's an interesting dark horse there. Yeah. Go get him. Well, they are decent this year, I think. Yeah. I need I, to look up their they're, record. They're pretty good, but um, I'm, I'm surprised that they might have the money to go to go drop on him. I mean, I don't know if they're... I don't know how good their farm system is. I don't know what assets they'd be willing to give up for pretty much yeah, a I, I, postseason rental. I don't know rental. what they'd be willing to give up, but if they're will, if they want to go all in on this year, they do. They are ten games over five hundred. They have the third, the third best record in the NL. So yeah, they've been playing this good could ball. Be a they, year. they dropped uh, they dropped twenty runs on Saturday against some poor team. <laughs> I mean, just, just smacked them. But that's the NL West is just a tough division. So, yeah, are y'all Brinson or Brince out? Oh, Brinson. Forget that he's injured. Forget that he's injured. <laughs> I've I voted for Brinson every single All Star All Star game ballot I I submitted. I vote for Aaron. All, are you Brinson? I just vote for all Cleveland Indians. So what you're saying is your Brent's out. Yeah. Gross. Even I voted for Lewis Brinson. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. I saw some interesting trivia today that as of yesterday, Aaron Judge now has more strikeouts than Joe DiMaggio did his whole career. Holy smokes. Granted, until his last season, Joe DiMaggio had more home runs than he had strikeouts. But still... Aaron Judge strikes out an unbelievable amount. And Joe DiMaggio struck out an unbelievably small amount. Yeah. The Judge's strike zone is just so big because he's so tall. Um, you yeah. Know, he, when, he, when, he gets, when he gets to the ball, it's going to go a long way. <laughs> yeah, but that's a hard if. Bray found that out the hard way uh, last week when we played the Yankees. I think he homered off us at least two times, maybe three. 
maybe three, as they took two out of the three games in the series. Content corner? Let's do it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp on Friday. Carla and I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, directed by Peyton Reed, who's a Carolina grad, as I learned. Oh, wow. Go Heels? Yeah, he um he also directed the first Ant Man to Wasp, also Bring It On. Um, interesting, interesting repertoire for him. Uh, also Yes Man, The Breakup, and Down with Love. Anyway, Ant Man the Wasp, the first Marvel movie with a woman superhero in the title. Um, it was fine and fun. It's it's a lot different movie from. Infinity War, like it's it's just a different movie. <laughs> well, we yeah. are dealing with the end of the world. <laughs> it kind of um, has to. Be. I don't think this. It kind of has to be. Yeah, I don't think this is a spoiler because it doesn't make sense if it takes place after Infinity War. This takes this takes place between Civil War and Infinity War. Um, but it's it's just a fun time at the movies. Um, I won't say it's as good as the first Ant Man, but. Evangeline Lilly really carried this story, um, which I appreciated. Uh, It kind of has the same Marvel villain problem as old Marvel movies. That's what I've heard. But it's it's fine and fun. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it if you're coming off the high of Infinity War and want more superhero action that's more low stakes. I think I think um, it's a good one. If I had to rate it out of ten, I would give it a. Because there there are problems with the movie, like it, it's not perfect by a long shot. It, there's a lot of sciency mumbo jumbo that means absolutely nothing. Uh, which they make a joke. They make a joke about that in the movie. Um, but there's a lot of it. I'd probably give it a. Eight point one, a B minus. It's good. I enjoyed it. There have been a lot better movies I've seen this year, but it was fine. It's good. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about with Ant-Man and the Wasp is a lot of the big set pieces in the movie are in the trailers, which is really annoying that it felt like... Oh, also, one more thing about Ant-Man and the Wasp. This, the end of the movie, at least for me, snuck up on me. Um, it's a lot shorter than a lot of the recent superhero movies so like we got to the the last action set piece I was like halfway through I was like wait this is the end of the movie like this is <laughs> this is the end um, but then you start thinking about okay we haven't seen this that was in the trailers and we haven't seen this that was in the trailers and we haven't seen this that was in the trailers so you know that it's about to happen so we kind of touched on this a little before when talking about the last Jedi trailers which I did not watch at all. Um, I'm not as militant about not watching trailers anymore. Um, but wh- where where do y'all stand on trailer watching as it comes to these big movies? <laughs> Depends well, think- on like what movie it is. Like Star Wars, I'm not gonna watch any of the trailers. But like, I think it depends on how much you care about not having anything spoiled about the movie. I feel like Star Wars, it's important to go in blind, in my opinion. But a movie like Incredibles, like, 
I still avoided trailers, but not as militantly because you already know somewhat what's happening in Incredibles. And Incredibles, it's just more of a fun movie watching experience more than a plot investment. I think I'm definitely the outlier in that if it's content that I'm wanting to consume, I'm going to consume it. If there's a trailer out, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be the first to watch it, and I'm going to watch it about 50 times and see what I can find in it and analyze it and stuff. So, like, when Star Wars comes out, I berate Colby and David and uh, Aaron trying to get them to watch, but then they don't watch. And then the one of them accidentally watches it. And I'm like, Never me. Never me. When the next movie comes out, I'll probably watch the trailers. To be honest, but Brighton, where you? Think? Oh, I'm I am 100 with Mav here. I think you. I think Mav, you and I need to uh, start a little message thread of our own when trailers and stuff like that come out. Because I'm I'm right Absolutely. there with him. I want to be there. I want to see the Twitter reactions when it first gets released. Yep. I want to watch it five six times myself. See what I can spot. Um, you know, I, I I am with you, Colby. There, I catch myself in a, in movies every now and then being like, okay, well, I know that this scene hasn't happened yet, so it must be coming up before too long. Or, you know, sort of doing, like, process of elimination, like, okay, these are the scenes that I've seen in the trailer. I haven't seen this one yet, so that must be the climactic scene. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, also, I also heavily rely on trailers for me to get, like, the vibe of a movie overall and, um, and sort of what the approach is, is going to be because there's only so much that you can get just by looking at a, a plot on IMDb. So um, I'm 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 with you there, Mav, and um, mm-hmm. and I I I gotta see it, and uh, that that does kind of disappoint me, Colby, that a lot of the action scenes, or at least the important scenes, are already in the trailer, because I was kind of hoping. Yeah, you've seen them. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping to to get different um, surprises in some ways, and I'm sure that there are plenty of surprises in the new Ant Man and Wasp movie, but. Yeah, I was hoping to see. I, I I don't want like the the part where they make the Pez dispenser really big to be like the only time that that happens in the in the movie. You know. Um, there is so the villain ghost. Um, also they changed her gender in the movie. In the comics, um, Ghost is a man. In the movie, she's a woman. That's not a spoiler. You can look at the cast on IMDb and figure that out. <laughs> um, but. A lot of the fights with Ghost, I I don't want to say anything without spoiling it, Um, but a lot of the fights with Ghost are interesting choreography that I haven't seen in a superhero movie before, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, There were some things that didn't quite work with me with Ghost, um, but she's she's an interesting, interesting woman. But that's, yeah movie trailers i i'm not as stringent on tv trailers because i figure with tv there's like with game of thrones most of the time not this year but there's 10 hours of things to see so there's going to be something i hadn't seen before um in the trailers but i know some people that won't even watch the next time on um for tv i just always change the channel before it comes on like hbo stuff Interesting. Oh, I love the next time on. I like the next time on because it never tells you, like, I don't know. I guess that it's kind of hypocritical that I'm saying this, but the next time on never tells you anything that spoils anything valuable. Like when I was watching Westworld, I, I 
forgot to watch all of those. And then stuff was happening and I, I got confused. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't spoil too much like a TV spot does or things like that. Yeah, like there was a TV commercial that I saw for Big Brother the other day that spoiled the result of the HOH competition. And granted, it was after the episode had happened. So, like, if you hadn't seen it, then you're kind of SOL because it's a show that happens three times a week. But still, like, if I had missed the episode, kind of would have been screwed. Our Crystal Queen Caitlin won HOH, and I'm so excited. Yes. I'm, I haven't, I'm not a feeder, so I'm very excited for a very messy HOH week that I don't know anything about. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, also, I watched The Punisher this week, um, which came out in December. I, I just <laughs> never got around to it. Yeah, sometimes now. it happens. It's like, hey, it, it happens. Um, and I really liked it. I, I really, really liked it. I think it's my second favorite um, Marvel Netflix season um, behind Jessica Jones season one. Like, if I had to rank them, I go Jessica Jones season one, Punisher season one, Luke Cage season one, Daredevil, Daredevil season two. Defenders. I ha- I haven't finished Jessica Jones season two, but I don't love it so far. Um, and I heard Luke Cage was pretty good, but that's how I rate him so far. I really like The Punisher. It's a different superhero show. I like that he's not a hero, and he like really he kills people like hard. He kills them hard. How many people got punished? So many people got punished. <laughs> There's a montage the first episode of people being punished. Only fitting. And it's great. Is that show set before or after Daredevil Season 2? After. Most of it after. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Because I have, I have not seen The Punisher. I have seen uh, Daredevil Season 2 up until the storyline with The Punisher wraps up, which was way earlier in the season than I thought it would be, might I note. And it's also the only good part of this. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of why I had no interest in, in completing it. I'm I'm notoriously bad at finishing TV shows, guys. I just want to get that out there right now. Um, like, so bad. <laughs> but, Have you finished um, Breaking Bad? I've No, I've seen, like, two episodes of that. It's on my list to get to at some point, but... Um, oh, gosh. Like, I'm still working on Parks and Rec. I'm still working on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I've been watching those shows since high school. Like... I'm so bad at I'm so bad at finishing TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> I do think the the scenes of Daredevil and Punisher on the roof are some of the best television I've seen um, in recent years. It's good stuff, good good stuff. Um, so Aaron, do you want to talk about the Apple Music Spotify thing? Yeah, sure. So I saw. On Reddit, no surprise, an article the other day that Apple Music has Spotify, has surpassed Spotify's subscriber count in the United States. And I found that kind of surprising. I am an Apple Music user, and I, I'm an Apple fanboy, so obviously I use Apple Music. But I think Apple Music is excellent. And the public opinion, I think, is still in favor of Spotify. But I do think that Apple Music is gaining a lot of momentum. I use Spotify. And I think at this point, it's like 
the likelihood of people switching is very low. And but if someone's going to switch, it's more likely that they switch from Spotify to Apple Music than the other way around, because Apple Music is much easier to use than Spotify on Apple devices. I was so I think I've talked about this on here. I was considering switching from app, uh, Spotify to Google Play because I watch so much YouTube. It would be worth it for me to have YouTube Red and then just use the Google Play because those things are come together. But which, which I think is a bad what I think is a bad business move from Google is they now have um, YouTube Music. And then YouTube Red costs like two dollars more, so it costs more than Spotify now. Like it, there was that Spotify and Google Play cost the same amount, but now that YouTube Red costs more, I am uninterested. So Brighton, I know you use um, Apple Music. I definitely do. Do you like it? I like it. Yeah. Um, I you know I didn't really have much of a reason for for choosing it when I first decided to to do it is just you know i had and i had an ipod at the time i figured that would be easiest making the switch just moving straight from itunes into apple music without um really losing any of my music I, I i know now that you can still transfer it fairly easy from from itunes to spotify or from whatever you want to spotify but i don't know i i like how apple music is clean i like their um their radio stations and the playlists they put out um I frankly don't see all that much of a difference outside of um, Apple Music being meant for a, a specific type of phone. But I have an Android phone and still use Apple Music, and the app on Android works incredibly well. So I've I've got no complaints with that. I didn't know that Apple you used Music it on Android. I didn't either. Um, Apple Music definitely has better exclusives. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Does Spotify have any exclusives? Uh, not to my knowledge. I feel like I just get called broke every time something comes on Apple Music first and all the Apple Music friends are talking about it on Twitter and then I I just feel broke even though I'm paying for Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what I'm considering making the Switch. I might. I think also... If you're doing it as a family, Apple Music is cheaper because Apple Music is for a whole fam for a, like your whole family group. If your Apple IDs are connected, it's ten dollars a month, or it's five dollars for individual. I think maybe or something like that. And Spotify is obviously you pay by the individual, but you could more readily share a spot one Spotify account. Maverick, what do you use? Uh, I'm a extremely old school person. I buy my songs individually from iTunes. Oh my gosh! I use Google Music. Ooh! My, oh my gosh! Ooh! Well, see, here's the thing: it's because I started buying music from such an early age. I feel like it's I mean, this sunk costs, but I just feel like I spent all this money buying songs individually, getting like an actual like monthly thing it almost makes it worth it because I'm not getting like technically it's based, that's the same thing of getting 10 songs a month for me 
and I'm not really doing that. I know what I want to listen to, so I've just bought my songs all this time. That's fair. I mean, I think that's like a big benefit of a service like Apple Music or Spotify is that if you're interested in discovering new music, they both do a very good job of curating playlists every day to, to you. Yeah. Like on Apple Music, I get playlists every day of like deep, deep tracks of random jazz artists or like related to a ska band that I listen to. And so it's really fun to just listen to random things that come up. Yeah. I think if I was definitely like into more like discovering like all like getting like a hundred new songs to listen to a hundred new songs a week, I'd probably consider it more. But since I like it's the thing where I might get four songs in a month, but like that in my opinion is still cheaper than doing the deal because like I said, I know what I want to listen to. Yeah. Otherwise, that's I have a radio. That's the only time I really listen to it. Otherwise, I'm not. I don't have headphones on. I have my aux cord on my car, and I'm just playing music. And like that whole thing, where my playlist, it's like every time it's a hit, so I'm always excited. Um, I I suppose that's fair. I suppose that's fair. Uh, But at the same time, it means that like you don't have the same access of oh, I've I've heard this album is good. I'll just go listen to it casually. That's what I like about it. Is that I I enjoy discovering um, new music and or I like somebody just being like hey. Or saying to me, "Hey, can you pull yeah. this up?" and just being able to have that access to the to the music right away, even if even if I never yeah. listen to it again, I, I can say that I've listened to it the one time. But that's I I, I totally understand what you're uh, what you mean, Matt, because it is nice to. I mean, I still make CDs. I like burn music uh, from online onto CDs for my car, and that way that way I always have um, a song of just a list of banging songs to have and. Um, Mm-hmm. So I, I totally get enjoying knowing what you want to hear and, and uh, enjoying going that route. But I, I'm, I'm with I, I think Aaron hit the nail on the head. It's it's nice to have the the access. It's nice to have the access to discover new new music. And um, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I no, just something that's else very valid. Completely agree uh, there. My alternative. I often do like I watch YouTube reactions to albums. Uh, there's so many people that are like very popular content creators who do reactions of like hip hop albums or anything pop albums things like that and I often go to that and then as they're doing the reaction if I like the song if I don't hear it on the radio then I'll just go buy it that's just how I usually do it like I, Big Quint is one of my favorites uh, but there's uh, several more on YouTube and they, they especially I, I like their taste and so I respect them uh, I guess I take their opinions like I value them I guess and what they listen to that's fair I think that along the lines of discovery something that I've found that's really cool on Apple Music especially because I'm really into jazz and classical music though, so those you have like 30 to 40 versions of any standard tune mm-hmm. so if I say like play MacArthur Park and it's the Maynard Ferguson version, but I don't want to hear that. I could say, hey, Siri, play a different version. And it'll play a different version of the song. So it's cool to have a breadth of music available. Yeah, that's completely valid. 
Aaron, you wrote Big Brother 12. Yes. I think you you want to talk about Big Brother 12? Yes, I do. I've been watching it okay, right now. Okay, you can talk about Big Brother 12. So, uh, <laughs> I'm dog-sitting. I've been dog-sitting for the past week, and I have one week left, so I've been spending a lot of time with just a dog and no people while I'm just chilling at this house. So, I've been watching Big Brother 12, because that's the first season that I ever watched of Big Brother. Um, is that the season with um, Chef Joe? And... No, that's 14. That is an amazing season. That is a great season. But that's the season where I oh, became like a huge Big Brother fan. Season 12 is um, The Brigade. The Brigade, yeah. And it's kind of boring because they dominate the season, but it's such a good cast because you have The Brigade who are all great. You have Brittany, who's one of the sassiest Big Brother players ever. You have Brendan and Rachel who are... Ain't nobody coming between me and my man. Floaters grab a life vest, Kristen. <laughs> you have the best fight in Big Brother history between Rachel and Reagan. Oh, Reagan was. Oh, Reagan is great. It's just such and a no, good that cast. Is, that is incorrect. The best fight in Big Brother history is on Keisha's birthday in Big Brother Ten, um, which you haven't seen. I, I have not seen BB Ten. It is the best fight I've ever seen because it ends with them sadly singing happy birthday <laughs> and standing around awkwardly. And Libra is standing there with a knife saying, who wants cake? And no one says anything. And it's great. That's funny. It's amazing. I love Big Brother 10. It's my favorite season. Yeah, that's, that's very often people's favorite season of Big Brother because it's after the monstrosity that it was Big Brother 9 returning back to what made Big Brother Big Brother. I think that... Well, yeah, it was a back-to-basic season. There were no twists. It was great. Yeah. And it was also Dan being Dan. And he's my all-time favorite Big Brother player. You've never watched his first season. But season 14, he was unbelievable. You... Okay, Dan's funeral was great. I can almost say that Vito Roulette is better. Dan's funeral and Dan getting Danielle to use the veto on him. And I'm blindsiding Shane. Oh, Dan is great. Anyway. Um, so, Brother anyways, Big Brother 12, <laughs> I'm watching it because it's the first season that I watched of Big Brother, and it's the epitome of a trashy Big Brother cast that's just fun to watch. Even if it's dominated by one alliance the whole season, it's still really fun to watch because the people are all complete trash on that season. Even if you don't know who Britney is, you've seen a reaction gift with Britney in it. Yeah. Um, and I'm about, I've reached the halfway point of the season about two hours ago. So I'm hoping that I'll blow through the second half, and then I might watch Big Brother 14. I don't know what season I'll watch next. Maybe I'll watch Big Brother 10. Watch 10. It's so great. Maybe I'll watch Big Brother 1. 70 episodes. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried to get um, so yeah, that's part of my content. I've also been watching a lot of HGTV as background noise. Uh, I've done that in very big streaks through the past couple of years. I love House Hunters, I love Property Brothers, and Fixer Upper has recently grown on me a lot. I don't know if any of y'all watch HGTV, but it is very fun to watch and complain about what they're doing when they're looking at houses. Aaron, not Aaron, Maverick, did you have something about The Division on here? I did. I finally, I talked about that, I believe, last week or two weeks ago. I finally finished the game. Uh, I was just going to say that it had one of the more 
anticlimactic endings I've ever seen in a video game where you kind of just do the end game. Like, that's something that I've seen on Message Sports with the game where the end game is just so broad and not defined whatsoever that you just do this one mission and the final boss is a helicopter. It's not even a person. It's a person inside of a helicopter. Uh, and there, it just kind of ends. But, like, there, and then there's the actual end game where you're doing all of these new missions on hard modes. You're like, teaming up with people and stuff. But uh, it was definitely one of the hardest games I've ever played. And you definitely had to be tactical and strategic about it. I would still recommend it to anybody who likes... It's a third-person cover shooter. Like, you have to be in cover for this game. If you like that kind of stuff... Because it's very much like Splinter Cell. It's a Tom Clancy product uh, made out of Ubisoft. So I recommend it to anybody. And if anybody's interested, message me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Brighton, you got anything? Um, nothing off the top of my head. Been you know been been watching a, a fair amount of movies, uh, but that's that's pretty standard for me. Um, Saw Incredibles 2 for the second time this weekend with my family, just as good as the first. Noticed even more beautiful animation details on this one. That movie is gorgeous. It is great. Um, I saw Tag in theaters, I guess it was about a week and a half ago at this point, but um, something that something that my cousin and I uh, discovered before... Uh, the movie came out and before I saw it was that we found out that Jeremy Renner broke both of his arms while they were shooting tag and they had to use green screen casts or they filmed with green screen casts so they could then uh, go back in, in post-production and actually put non-broken arms onto Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. That's really funny. And I looked at, I looked for a little bit during the movie because there are a couple scenes where he, he's wearing like t-shirts and I it's it's pretty hard to tell that they're that they're fake they did a good job better than henry cavill mustache oh no doubt about that no doubt about that one (laughs) um tag is on my list i might go see it sometime this week it's fun it's 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 nostalgic it's um it's super original and the cast is the cast is really good some not all the jokes land but it's a it's an enjoyable time no doubt about that Next week, I'll, I'm either trying to see or both go see Tag and um, Sorry to Bother You. Which I definitely want to see Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alright, so, um, my wonderful girlfriend Carla uh, saw that we didn't have any Twitter questions this week. So she put together we got one. a game for us to play. We got one Twitter question. We got one. We got Sarah. We have one from Sarah. Let's go ahead and knock that one out, since it's literally been sitting on here for three weeks. Yep, let's finally answer it. <laughs> Fight for your girl, Brighton. <laughs> it's a good question, uh, so, too. This is a, this is a solid is a question. question. You get a million dollars if you can beat one of the drafted players from... It wasn't last night. Um, from the <laughs> this year's draft, uh, 1v1. Who y'all got? So let's I did some up. research on this three weeks ago. And I chose Isaac Bonga. I don't have his scouting report up now, but I remember that what it said was he's raw. And he kind of freaks out if you get in his grill and he turns the ball over a lot. 
and I love playing in people's grills and making them angry. So I feel like even though he's like six inches taller than I am and yeah. a lot faster, yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> as long as I stay in front of him and be a little annoying thing, I would maybe have a chance. Bogna is, uh, or, yeah, Bonga is a 6'9", 200-pound German. I, I think getting in his grill might be tough as it is. But that's a good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I also did some research. So here's here's a little scouting report on myself. I am I am six two, um, and uh, probably need to put more defensive effort in. Um, you can get by me. You can get by me pretty easily because I don't have very quick feet. Um, so I would prefer to guard a big man than than a guard. But in terms of the height of the big men in this draft. I would, they would be dwarfing me. So I looked for people about my height and weight, and that leaves me with a, a, a pretty much the first four picks of the second-round draft. Um, Akobo from France, Javon Carter out of West Virginia, Jalen Bronson from Villanova, and Devontae Graham from Kansas. And out of those four, um, although he's now a Hornet and he's been playing pretty well in the summer league, I think I would have to pick Devontae Graham. I don't think I would win, but out of the four of those, I think, I think Graham would be the less uh, the less painful because Brunson Brunson is really good he'll sh- he'll shoot lights out Javon Carter is like you know he's that he's that West Virginia player that is, has shaved his head completely bald that has like a full beard and I would never he want looks to mess like with... he's from like the from like 1982 exactly yeah I would never want to mess with a guy that is shaved bald and has a beard in college like those are the guys so you're saying that if I grow if I grow out the goatee that I can half grow I would be intimidating well I haven't seen you on the court maybe I <laughs> maybe I bet he's not intimidating <laughs> oh oh yeah, I'm and I, don't, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this Akobo kid, but I think Devonte Graham would be my pick. I don't think I would get that million bucks, but out of those four, I think I would match up with him. But I suppose the best out of anybody else. I think I'll go with Devonte Graham too. So my scouting report: uh, six feet, about one sixty. Um. I play pretty good defense, I think. I can stay in front of people. Um, Javon Carter and Jalen Brunson, I don't want any of those problems. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I want no smoke with either of them. <laughs> so, I, I think Devontae Graham is... Um, even though I'm looking at this um, Okobo kid... You know what? He's only 180 He's pounds, French. so... Yeah, he's only 180 pounds. He's only six two. I might be able to. I just don't know anything about him. So, him. I, I, me neither. I know zero, zero things about him. So, you know what? I'll take my chances. I'm gonna roll the dice. Roll the dice with a Kobo. I've wa- I watched because uh, Dallas played Phoenix, uh, who drafted a Kobo, and he's pretty fast as a guard. He did really <laughs> well against us. Uh. But he's out of France. Uh, I think I have the bold one. Give me Trey Young. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> Give me Trey. If he has an off shooting night, I have a chance. But his handles are kind of nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dude can dribble. <laughs> well, that's a bold one. Like I said, it's like the other ones. I don't think I'm going to win. But he's right. the shortest one. Yeah. And 
I could. Oh, I have well, forty Aaron pounds Holliday. on him. Aaron Holiday out of UCLA. Aaron Holiday six one. He's a bad man though. He's quick. He's, he's frightening. He can, act, yeah, he yeah. can actually get to the basket. Yeah, I think he was the shortest player in the draft at six one. I have. I'd have forty pounds on Trey Young, so I could at least get to the uh, to the posts down low and set up my own shot. It's a bold one, and it's probably a dumb one. But I like that's it. I, I like it. I feel like I, I feel like I'm Levar Ball right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're not challenging the goat. You're not saying yeah. you could beat the goat one on one. So I think you're okay. Like I said, if anything, like the thing with Grayson, like it shows, like you can get flustered, and you don't even have to actually get a steal or anything if you can frustrate him. And if he's not hot, then I have a chance. I don't think. I don't know if anybody would actually win the million, but that's my shot. Oh, no. oh I know sure. no one would have won the million. <laughs> None of us at the at the very least. Um, good question though. Good so question. It was a good question. That was fun. Um, so Carla put together one guy to go. Um, in this game, we we give you four options, and you pick one. And one gotta go. Got to go. <laughs> um, so this first one is interesting. Uh, it's all they're all sports. I will say that yes, these are all sports. Um, so we have NASCAR, horse racing, tennis, and golf. And one got to go. Hmm. This is tricky. I say NASCAR got to go. I think I have I to mean, agree. I, th- yeah, I think I have to agree. To me, it's the least sport-like out of all of them, first off. Second of all, it's like 500 laps takes how long? A long granted, I'm, I say golf to, does take a long time, but golf, it, every shot matters. Whereas in NASCAR, it's like the problem that you have with basketball where you can turn it off until the last five minutes. And you could really say you didn't miss anything. Colby, remember that one time you and I played on a race car track? Didn't Martin. you guys get booed? <laughs> we did because we, did we beat. Booed. It's because we beat UVA the day before. Ooh, that was Mitch Trubisky's like <laughs> coming out game because he got a game-winning touchdown pass because Marquise had to yeah, sit he, with, because of the helmet. He walked in, uh, threw a touchdown, and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, I'm gonna say, and I I have a reasoning for this. I, I'm choosing this by which is most inconvenient for me in my life currently. And I'm going to go with tennis because it's always on at weird times. Mm. And, like, I want to watch something, and then I turn on the TV and it's like, oh, tennis again. <laughs> so, like, there's only, like, three tennis matches I actually want to watch. Um, is Serena playing right now, or is she she's, No, she's playing. She's playing. She's, in. she's, she's playing. Like, I want to watch Serena, th- what, four times a year. Other than that, I don't care what's happening in the world of tennis. So, for me, tennis can go. I'm going to go with horse racing. No! Oh. Horse racing is so exciting. Save the ponies. <laughs> Y'all know there's a horse racing channel? No, no way! 
Oh. It's called TVG. It is Adam found it on my TV when he spent the night the other night. Oh my god. Um, does he watch horse racing regularly? Uh, he does when he's bored. It's on all day. All day long. Like, around the world, just showing horse races. Um, with the betting gods scrolling across the bottom of the TV. With, Ooh, this um, sounds, this sounds right up my alley. Yeah, with your with, betting yeah. problem. <laughs> I do not have a betting problem. See, that's... that's With post times for the next race um, in the bottom right. It's a great chance. That's, that's why I would argue to keep horse racing. Um, uh, I think, for me, it comes down to NASCAR and horse racing. And I... I I like them both. I've got more nostalgic feelings for NASCAR because my dad and I used to watch that when I was little. Little, I don't watch it at all anymore. Um, but I would, I would keep horse racing cause, just because it's a huge industry all over the world. Stock car racing is not really an international thing, whereas horse racing is, and there is so much revenue generated from bets and from um, horse semen in general. Because I mean, Very yeah, because the winning horses, you can you can make millions of dollars just just letting the winning horses father children that yeah. are expected to then become winning horses themselves. So I just think that's a huge industry. Whereas NASCAR is very very niche. Very good. I'm very happy right. that none of us chose golf because I oh, would have cool. been very hurt. Like I think. Like tennis, they're, tennis and golf are just older sports, but they're prestigious still. I mean, yeah. horse racing that goes against mine. I just mean, <laughs> whatever. Well, I think out of all of them, golf is probably the least accessible. Like, watch like it's the hardest to get into. Yeah. Because it's the most complex out of all of them. Sure. I need golf announcers to be like soccer announcers. <laughs> you saw that Facebook video? I did, and it was awesome. That definitely would spice things up. Um, one more, then let's get out of here. Um, one. Uh, pick a number between one and three, math. Two. Two. Things on UNC's campus. So we have Evil Bricks. Uh, Phillips Hall. Oh, this is too easy. Early morning fire alarms in lines at the omelet station. Oh, this is easy. Phillips gotta go. Phillips Hall no. can go somewhere. Lines Gone. at the omelet station. Because there are days when I walk into Lenore for breakfast and they have their French toast, which sucks. So I'm like, okay, I gotta get an omelet today because the waffle maker is very inconsistent. And I go to the omelet place and there are like 14 slips of paper of people ordering omelets and I'm like well what am I going to eat for breakfast then because I have to be out of here in 20 minutes eat some cereal, milk first oh my gosh what on earth <laughs> no Matt, no <laughs> I went there no, I'm sorry, Phillips Hall is the sole eyesore on campus, except for all the construction uh and no, Davey <laughs> Hall isn't very pretty either. But it's prestigious. It's one of the older buildings. That's the difference. Mm. Not only that, but the just the classes in Phillips. It's one of the hardest departments uh, in the math wing and stuff. It's just I eyesore. I have bad memories in the classrooms of 
Phillips. It's got to go. I have so I was a math major, so I I very much know of the the tough times at Phillips. Again, my thing comes down to convenience, like things that I'm going to encounter a lot. Uh, evil bricks, yeah, like you trip on them, but everyone does. Like, it's, it's it's like kind of endearing. Yes, yeah, you, you're gonna get tripped by a brick. It happens. Um, don't don't rise up and get you. Early morning fire alarms. After I moved out of Hojo, um, and Craig, that didn't happen to me anymore. So, uh, sorry, first years and other sophomores were living in high rises, um, but I I don't deal with that anymore. Um, so for me, it's Phillips or lines at the Almond Station, and there's really nothing more disheartening than really wanting an omelet and then you walk to the omelet station and it's like wrapped like in ramps and it's wrapped around the diner section so I, i'm gonna go with lines at the omelet station this is why i go to rams no he said at rams they have the issue lenore has the issue too but lenore it's different because you don't have to physically wait in line yeah at least at rams you get to talk to mario does oh, he work true. the mornings? Yeah. I never go to Rams during the day. I only go for trumpet dinner. He works. He, I remember he worked like Friday mornings. Yeah, he works on Friday. Well, I gotta say, not none of these are all that applicable to me. I'm in the same boat as as Colby in that I haven't had to deal with early morning fire alarms since freshman year, and I don't even remember yep. whether I even had one in Craig my freshman year. Um, Evil oh, bricks. I'm I'm with you guys. Everybody has to deal with them. They're kind of. They're kind of a nice little caveat to go along with our it's school's a right aesthetic. Passage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I live off campus. I, I don't have a meal plan, so I don't really have to deal with lines at the omelet station all that much. And I'm a journalism major. I've never set foot in Phillips and don't care to because it, like it sounds like a hellish place. Um, so between <laughs> – it sounds awful. So between the, between the two, um, you know, if I had to put myself in, in, in those shoes, you know – I think um, I think line, I could deal with lines at the omelet station because I'm a big breakfast guy. I would just find something else to eat, um, and uh, I I think Phillips would would have to go because I think Phillips brings pain to to more people than really than really any of those, or it brings like a higher amount of pain to the people that have to suffer from that building than uh, than the amount of pain from the other ones. So yeah, I, I guess Quick Phillips Hall is the one. Yeah, quick tangent on the bricks. I once heard somebody like talk about that it's almost like a metaphor for college itself because when you're walking on your path to college, sometimes you just got to pick your feet up higher to not get stumbled on the bricks of life. And sometimes when, right when you're not expecting it, it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll wretch up and grab, grab you. And get you. <laughs> Wow. Like the grass monster. The brick monster will get you. That's a clever little way for somebody to probably try and talk off a sprained ankle at one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're supposed to when you trip, you just jog in place, act like you were going to start jogging, and then slow it back down. Be like, I'm good, I'm good, <laughs> I don't need to jog today. That's how you get past it. Well, friends, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, Brighton, thank you so much for filling in for david you were amazing guys thanks so much for having me i feel like this was a long time in the making our schedules just haven't quite haven't quite meshed in a while but um <laughs> wow it was it was it was fun to be here fun to talk with you guys and uh you know i hope i hope david won't be too upset that i've i've really enjoyed his spot this week 
Oh, he's fired. <laughs> <laughs> Effective immediately. Um, go ahead and plug yourself one more time before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm Bright McConnell. You can find me on Twitter at um, BrightonMCC1 for all of my professional um, content with with the radio station and or my sports takes or anything like that. If you want to find my shenanigans page where I tweet about politics and uh, and just funny stuff that I see on social media, that's uh, Brighton means. up fifty. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome, awesome. All right, y'all. So if you want to find us, you can do that at Nevermate Vars. Nope, nope. That's not where it is. Not where it is at all. Tinyurl.com/slash/NevermateVarsity. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NevermatePod. Thank you, Jake, for our theme music, and we will talk to you next week. Adios. Bye.